say it and join the shade. Hey, brother, pour the wine. Drink the drink that I have made. Hey, brother, pour the wine. Good evening and welcome to Drink in the Style, brought to you by Habitation Furnishing and Design, the District of Dina, your soon-to-be destination for all aspects of your building, decorating, and remodeling projects. I'm your host, Gregory Rich, and I'm going to help you kill your early evening with some booze and conversation. Tonight, we have representatives of two sides of one of Minnesota's leading property management and development companies, Brenda Humsvall and, uh, from Stephen Scott and Rob Bader from Bader Construction are with me. Guys, welcome to Drink in the Style. Good to be here. Good to Craig, be here. Nice Fired to up. see you. Yeah. You as well. This is going to be so much fun. Uh, it's, uh, by way of full disclosure, Habitation has done a number of projects with uh, with Stephen Scott. And uh, so, you know, we're totally in their pocket. So I'll be <laughs> sucking up all evening. Right. Uh, we are being paid to be here, right? <laughs> the check's in the mail, so, Bader. Right. Good. Just confirming. <laughs> all right. Back by popular demand, honestly. The entire over 83-year-old woman set was screaming for your return. <laughs> my personal friend and expert coctologist – well, not my personal expert coctologist, but my personal friend and – We understood, Greg. Expert coctologist <laughs> represents <laughs> – Dan Newkirk is back. How are you, Dan? Rested in a little more tan. Yeah, you actually got a good solid Wisconsin tan there, a nice shade of red. I wasn't just in Wisconsin. I, I traveled the Midwest. Oh, that's right. You were on a, a pilgrimage. That was good. You did something with some burning barrels or something. What was that all about? Yeah, a friend of mine had uh, – he's a woodworker and one of the bars he did was uh, clean out some of their old stuff. So they had uh, two extra bourbon barrels that were bourbon first and then they used them to age some beer. So the first one we burned was a catastrophe because it, it was – it's sealed and it popped and it blew on us. Uh, and it was a big boom. Uh, so then the second one, we knew to puncture a hole to burn it properly, and it went much better. And your buddy One-Eyed Jimmy <laughs> said uh, – <laughs> I said I'd never do that again. I was wrong. That's yeah. <laughs> Awesome. Well, I'm glad to have you back, and you are going to be driving away the demon that is scurvy, are you not? Uh, there's a little bit of scurvy killer in this, in this bad boy drinking the uh, Paloma today. Outstanding. Rob, you're a fan of tequilas? Huge fan. Love the tequilas. I make a, a very crappy Paloma myself, so I'm looking forward to uh, advancing my technique. Well, we did cheat a little bit today on the radio due to the uh, squeezing of large grapefruits. So we have a uh, grapefruit, uh, grapefruit soda, sparkling soda. All right. So there it is. A little hey. bit of a cheater's Paloma, but uh, – It's so hot out today. You don't do that much work. You know, like the easier the drink, the better the, the day. Totally understand. <laughs> All right. Mr. Johnson, can you hit us with our mixing music? So today we're using a little bit of a 1800 silver, um, Don Way of Jose Cuervo. Not, not the worst thing in the world. Not be too confused with Jose Cuervo gold. Never drink the gold. It's just not good for you. <laughs> Uh, so recipe, ounce and a half on the uh, ounce and a half on the tequila, half ounce on the lime, uh, three, quarter ounce, three quarter ounce if you're using fresh grapefruit juice, uh, a half ounce of uh, 50-50 one-to-one uh, -one bricks, uh, simple syrup, and then top with soda water. But we're going to cheat and use half ounce lime uh, and tumble it up with some sparkling grapefruit soda water. All right. So it'll be shelf stable, I guess, at least. Exactly. Yeah. All right. We'll accept it. So he's mixing it up at this point, uh, and this is a tremendously refreshing cocktail, uh, if I say so myself. And I'm not a huge fan of all the citrus, but in this case, it somehow generally works. Rob, have you got a special trick to your uh, Palomas? 
no, no, I, I, I really don't. It's I all tequila. Throw as many, yeah, <laughs> as much tequila in as possible. The rest is just garnish. Uh, and I wake up the next day. Yeah. <laughs> Do it all over Rinse again. Rinse and repeat. <laughs> Wave the lime over the top of the tequila That's bottle. Right. That's right. That's right. But uh, knowing that our professional here is using grapefruit soda makes me feel a little better. I know, uh, about right? Myself, so I appreciate. Sometimes that. you gotta see. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's uh, nope. Not making that joke. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it's all right. So you're making it in glass, by the way, and, and as you normally would as well, because you're not going to shake this. You lose all the. Uh, yeah, you just want to build. Don't want to over dilute it. Never right. shake anything sparkling. Carbonated. Couldn't you do a one quick flip back and forth? You want to see a blow up in your face? Well, well, my face, no. Well, anybody, just, anybody's <laughs> face. You're holding the bag, you know? Just remember, when it happens to you, it's comedy. When it happens to me, it's tragedy. All right. So you have a pink Paloma, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, everything short of the, uh, of the umbrella. And no straws. It's because it's tis the season. Straws are 86. This is very true. Mm-hmm. Folks, let's give it a try. Excellent. It's like it's like a Kool-Aid. I mean, it is... No. Wow. It, it didn't work out so bad with my cheater method. Yeah. Yeah. We've had worse. <laughs> we have had worse, I suppose. <laughs> Brenda, what do you think? I'm glad he went all out for us. It's yeah. fantastic. And uh, yes. feel free to put your pinky up since the drink is pink. <laughs> Just all class. It's because Craig is going to, just so you know. <laughs> <laughs> See? Salute. Uh, that's good. Mm. No, that's really good. This bottle of, uh-huh. uh, of 1800 is not going to last the mm-hmm. show. You're going to be in the hollowed halls Very yummy. of those guests that have managed mm-hmm. to finish off a bottle with us. <laughs> Before we go to break, though, we got to do our general random question. So, shall we begin? And here we go. It's a general, totally not random random question. Because that would be a strange coincidence if it was. Here it is. Rob and Brenda, if you had to invest in a property and you could only choose a property at canal level in Venice or a property directly above the San Andreas Fault, where is your money going? (laughs) (laughs) Says the man who bought a building at the beginning of the COVID crisis. (laughs) Keep going. So what do you think? A minute ago, sure. Okay, um, you know this is this is obviously a question I have been pondering for centuries, um, and uh, um, uh, who wouldn't write? Uh, I, I would, you know, I'd honestly say as an as an investor, um, we are generally a long term hold, and so I like to look at a property and say, "Would I live here?" Um, and so. For me personally, my taste is more for underwater world as worst case scenario. So I'm going the Venice canals. Um, I think if I look at the worst case for the Venice canals and I'm living underwater, I think I could make something pretty sweet out of that. The earthquake shakes might get a little old after after a very short time. All right, so. I think it's reasonable. Brenda, what do you think? I am right on board with Rob. <laughs> I think that that is where I'm headed to. Uh, there's just a lot more. Um, I don't know. There's a lot more history there that I know what I can expect down the road and a lot more action. I That's where I'm going to. It's a good point. So that means basically coming in 2024, Stephen Scott managing Bader Underwater World in yes. Venice. Yes. <laughs> the lost city of Atlantis is found. What do you think, Ben? What, what would you do? You know, I was trying to think of something combative like devil's advocate to be like, oh, yeah, the fault. But 
you know, thinking with uh, melting ice, um, melting icebergs, mm-hmm. and what's already going on in Venice. You might have a longer term and live out at least our lifetimes on the fault. Yeah. You're probably going to be underwater yeah, in our lifetime in Venice. They got trillions yeah. of dead anyway. It's a, it's a few <laughs> trillion more. Why not? It's just a zero. It's nothing. It's nothing. I was wondering. I thought maybe somebody might go with like insurance angle or something oh, like that to see yes. what's covered. But I'm with you guys as well. I would rather own a beautiful three-story underwater Venetian home yes. than a pile of yeah. rubble any day. All right. We're going to take a quick break and we're going to get – and drive away that scurvy. So fix yourself cocktail. Join us back here in just a moment or two. Caring too much is such a juvenile fancy. Learning a trust is just for the children in school. This is Dr. Sarah Brewer and Dr. LaShonda Jung from Roots Chiropractic. We all want a higher quality of life, but making that happen can be difficult. At Roots Chiropractic, we specialize in light-touch-specific neurological adjustments to support your body's natural ability to heal. From birth trauma to everyday bumps and falls and life's daily stresses, at Roots we offer natural, drug-free solutions to keep every baby, child, parent, and grandparent thriving. Are you ready to restore your energy and achieve overall health? We are located off of Minnetonka Boulevard in St. Louis Park. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram or on the web at rootschiropracticmn.com. Book your first appointment online today. Mention that you're an AM 950 listener and receive the VIP discount of 50% off your initial exam. Roots Chiropractic, located in the Texatonka Plaza in St. Louis Park. Roots Chiropractic, empower your life and health. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to Drink in the Style. I'm your host, Gregory Rich, and I have to swallow an ice cube. My guests are Rob Bader from Bader Development and Brenda Humsball from uh, Stephen Scott Properties. I would just like to take a moment to give myself kudos for my pronunciation of Humsball. Humsball. Mm, actually, Humsball. <laughs> Damn it! Really? Oh, kudos. No. All right. I was going to just be nice about it. Yeah, That's all right. Four any- years, five years I've been calling you with other... <laughs> I answered anything. Humsball? Humsball. Humsball. Like V-O-M-S-A-L. Yeah, drop the second V. Humsball. Yeah. yeah. Perfect. Wow. <laughs> four years uh, later. It's perfect. <laughs> All right, excellent. Um, <laughs> as you folks can tell, the show is going very, very well. Um, let's talk about actual business and things. All right. Stephen Scott, Bader Construction, and Bader Construction, closely associated. We're good. Yeah. That's all right. That's all right. Oh, boy, 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 boy. This, I really couldn't be happier with our progress. Um, what is the relationship between Bader Development and Stephen Scott Properties and Property Management? I'll take it. Sure, Go I'll take it. it. So I, I, I work for Stephen Scott Management, and also Bader Development is a client of ours. Mm-hmm. However, we have a very um, close, close yes. relationship. Yes. Um, Stephen Scott is owned by two gentlemen: Stephen Shackman, Scott Bader, and um, Scott also is uh, part of Bader Development. Scott Bader, Bader Development. Mm-hmm. So I work for Stephen Scott. 
and Bader Development is a client of ours. So associated, so you're managing Bader Development properties in some cases, mm-hmm. all cases. All cases. I would we think trust all cases. Brenda Fumzal. Fumzal. All right. Fumzal. Right. Yes. Fumzal. Fumzal. That's right. After twelve years. Yes, that's Bomsel. right. He's got it. That's right. He's got it. <laughs> Damn it, damn it, damn it. All right. Stephen Scott uh, manages – we're a property management firm in the Twin Cities. We have 10,000 apartment rentals in the Twin Cities, and we we manage properties for uh, our in-house owners. We also third-party manage for other companies. So um, outside of Bader, we have many other clients that we we work for as well. So your expertise as Stephen Scott Management is in managing multifamily – uh, properties Correct. primarily exclusively. Yep. Yep. Okay. Um, and then Rob Bader at Bader Development is going out, and you are creating your own properties. Correct. Correct. Tell me about that. Um, we are <clears throat> very similar to other developers. Uh, we go out, we find a site, we build the site. We uh, uh, typically will own the site long term, um, and we'll hire. Management company, Stephen Scott Management, will hire the architect, the contractor, um, and the rest of the team um, down to the fabulous interior designer uh, team. Um, and uh, we, we make a go of design. it. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> uh, it was, that was a layup for a plug right there. I know, right? And I, I slipped it <laughs> yeah, in uh, subconsciously. Perfect. perfect. So you. we got the team ready. We, get, we uh, line up the team and uh, we go and, and uh, we build and we own and – and some of the properties that you've developed, you did Shoreham, obviously, yep. is mm-hmm. one. What are some of the other properties that you guys have? Uh, together, we have uh, we've done uh, 1700, which is a uh, six-story building uh, off of Ridgedale. It was kind of the first new uh, development, multifamily, mixed use uh, in many decades over by the Ridgedale area. Fabulous space. Um, we did this thank great you. model there. Yes, it is. Yes, <laughs> one of my favorites. <laughs> yeah, no, 1700 is wonderful. Yes, you did. Uh, 700 Central in northeast Minneapolis, we converted an old uh, storage facility that's century old, literally, um, uh, into apartments mm-hmm. and uh, bad waitress. And uh, now it's called, I think, Central Northeast. There's a restaurant on the ground floor. Mm-hmm. Um, and those are those are great units with the help of Stephen Scott. Um, and so uh, those are a few. There's there's We've done many. We've done 10 or 12 mm-hmm. uh, properties since I started at the company about uh, – a decade ago. Got it. Mm-hmm. And uh, by the way, Bad Waitress, I, are they back open? Do you know, Dan? I don't really care. It's <laughs> uh, not very good. I'll go on record and say Ouch. that. Competition. Oh. Woo. We're Ouch. throwing a little Ouch. bit of shade. Ouch. Sucks to suck. Oh, man. <laughs> that hurts. I give a they, plug for Bad Waitress. I love them. No, yeah, me too. Uh, to each his own. I enjoy their breakfast. I've yes. had their breakfast a couple of times. Yes. And, you know, and here's the nice thing. It takes all the pressure off by lowering your expectations when you're sitting at that table. You oh. cannot be pissed off if the service is bad. You've mm-hmm. chosen to eat at a place called Bad Waitress. That right. oh, that's what I say when I go on a Friday, Saturday night. Lower the standards, raise the average. <laughs> <laughs> They've changed their model. Rebranding. Yes, they oh, are, are they really? Branding. Yep. What are they doing yep. now? Uh, I don't know yet. They haven't reopened. And so okay. I know they've uh, incorporated Morrissey Hospitality, who's done a lot of great things around town, and uh, they are going to launch whenever they – So they're going to be – so it's going to be yeah. Irish Bar. <laughs> Irish Bar, yeah. Well, of it's Morrissey Hospitality, yeah. Uh, that's a good point. And yeah, the I, Cara I don't know. Group strikes again. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Yeah, no, it, it is a nice space. I love 700, by the way, and the, the, the vintage aspect of it mm-hmm. and everything. I mean you guys keep coming up with a bunch of different – 
fabulous projects. All right. So again, do you have how, – how are you so consistently exceptional in what you're producing? Do you have a corporate philosophy? Do you have a mantra that you, that you follow? So I'll speak to it from a Stephen Scott perspective. Um, Rob spoke about a lot of uh, the new developments that Bader and Stephen Scott have worked on together. We, like I said before, we work with other clients um, that that develop different types of products. So I think sometimes people are surprised to know that um, we are very involved in um, develop not developing but marketing and leasing up for affordable communities. Mm-hmm. Obviously, high need in our in our um, in the Twin Cities. We do high-end luxury. We do townhomes. We kind of have this huge range. And so to to nail down what's really important, I think, um, because obviously different, different areas of town have different things going on, and we've really drilled into embracing the community we're in. So no matter where we are, we're going to engage. If we're in northeast Minneapolis, we're going to be part of of the Northeast Neighborhood Association and we're going to, you know, we're going to do everything we can to participate in their pet parades and whatever they've got going on there and that rolls out into Shakopee into wherever you are in the Twin Cities. And I'd say if there's one core philosophy is no matter what type of property you're at, you're engaging in your community outside of the apartment building that mm, you're in. Sure. And then how can you best manage for the type of property you're in? Because it is wildly different to be in a penthouse in at Custom House in downtown St. Paul mm-hmm. um, versus a studio in uh, Highland Park area. You know, wildly yeah. different. But it, it uh, everybody still wants to be part of a community. And so I, I would say that's kind of the biggest Peace. Make sure that the space – I mean I think that's absolutely great. I got a great community quote at the end of the show by the way. Oh. That's what we call in the business a teaser. Oh, perfect. Um, <laughs> but but it is, it is – <laughs> whatever, Newkirk. But it is true. I mean you guys always have a strong community presence. I mean great community rooms and great involvement and, and – Rob, do you do you feel the same way? Is that the the, the secret? Uh, well, beyond the Stephen Scott secret sauce, which we certainly incorporate on every project, um, which, which certainly gives us a leg up, um, I would say that uh, that the, the Bader part of it really is um, you know what makes us somewhat unique is that especially during a. a boom, per se. There's a lot of merchant developers out there. Um, and we are more of a long-term holder, as I alluded to before. And so a lot of the decisions we make up front in terms of quality, in terms of space, in terms of, you know, anything from type of cabinet to type of refrigerator to color schemes, um, we're going to be the ones dealing with issues 10 years down the road. Yeah, and so um, as opposed to, um, you know, uh, a merchant developer that may sell it after it stabilizes in two years. Um, and so it's just a different mentality a lot of the time that, that we bring to the development process because we have to think long term. It's not always the most cost effective method, but it's how we how we want to think and how we have to think. It's actually a really nice concept if you really think about it because, again, it does determine long-term thinking and that's the key. All right. Let's take another quick break. When we come back, we're going to be talking about, oh, God, what we're doing in the age of COVID, I guess. Mm. Stick with us, folks. Oh, have to go there. Yeah. <laughs> we are drinking in a small room inside. <laughs> I know. <laughs> about me 
listen if you can't say anything real nice. Tis better not to talk at all, it's my advice. Welcome back to Drinking the Style Saturdays at 7, Sundays at 5 on AM 950 here in Minneapolis. And you can ha- catch the entire podcast uh, if you're into the podcasting pyramid. Uh, and it can be heard on iTunes and Podcaster and pretty much any major platform, including Podzillo, the number one podcast platform in native Portuguese. Subtitles extra. Okay. <laughs> That's all I got. <laughs> Me too. That's all I got. All right. We're joined by uh, by Brenda and Rob from Stephen Scott Brader. Development. Development. I was waiting yep. for yep. it. Development. <laughs> watching you like a hawk. Uh, before we jump into uh, some of the things you guys are doing for your uh, for your residents to keep them safe, we need to do the musical notes this evening. Are you excited? No. I mean, yes, yes. Please tell me more. Honestly, really. As a masochist, I couldn't be happier with you as my wingman. All right. We've been listening to one of Sinatra's under-the-radar classic albums, Sinatra Swings, originally titled Swing Along With Me, released in July of 1961. The name change was the result of a court action requested by Capitol Records, Frank's old label, against Reprise, which was, if you remember last week's musical notes, Sinatra's own homegrown artisanal label. The argument was that the title uh, of the reprise album was simply too similar to Come Swing With Me, which Capitol had released earlier that same year. Let's be honest. Uh, that is indeed a pretty major ripoff. I mean, Sinatra may have been the greatest recording artist of the 20th century, but he was a bit of a bastard, and I would be willing to assume that he did this on purpose. Regardless, though, it's a pretty good album. With a number of bouncy, swinging numbers uh, that are classics today, as well as a few like Curse of the Aching Heart and Falling in Love with Love, which you've probably not heard in the past. In terms of GRASS, which, Rob, Brenda, is an acronym. It stands for the Gregory Rich Album Acquisition Scale. Mm. Mm, thank you. Wow. Uh, also probably right. a double on Tatra. <laughs> Educational as the toilet paper section. <laughs> In terms of grass, <laughs> Carl's going to be so pissed at me. Uh, obviously, you need to buy this album if you can find it with the original title since it's a collector's item worth buku dollars. And you should probably buy it if you find it uh, as a retitled original. But it is not necessarily a critical addition to your collection based on the music alone. I'm giving it a 7.635 on a 11 and a half point scale. Eleven and a half point scale. I've created the eleven and a half point scale. Wow. I know. It's like eleven, but half a point better. Huh. Yeah. That's as confusing as my Peloton numbers. <laughs> Very confusing. That's that is the bougiest Very, town yes. I've ever heard. Very true. So true. It was a pandemic purchase. <laughs> was it really? So very much. All right. Now that I've alienated one of our best clients. So speaking, uh, <laughs> speaking of pandemic purchase, just to go off off top off top real quick, uh, I will say my best pandemic purchase uh, was a infrared um, foot and calf massager. Yeah. Oh. And wow. like seriously, like I get down, I sit down for a meal, 
and I put my feet in. I'm feeling bored, I put my feet in. I'm playing some video games, I put my feet in. There's never a bad time to put your feet in. Really? Is it like, does it give you like a deep warmth? Everything. What does it do? Oh my god. It's just all the heat and it squeezes and it tensions and it pulsates and it rubs. Oh. I, I can't wait for the day I actually need it because I haven't really worked that hard on my feet lately. But <laughs> that's you know, awesome. Yeah. Is that a I'm, purchase? Is that like – No, it was uh, – uh, Jeff Bezos hooked me up. Oh, no. uh, nice. Feeding Perfect. the monster. I, I get I've it. I feed the monster. Subscription. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm good through November. So basically you've got the whole thing to relieve the tension and the buildup and the pain that you experience from the running without having to do the running. Yeah, so it's kind of anticlimactic. But I'm yeah. waiting for it to come in handy, you know? I think it's actually great. Mm-hmm. You've cut out the unpleasant part. Of touching your own feet? Well, of the running. Oh, that's But also too. touching <laughs> your feet, which... Yeah, but if I was doing the running, there would be the COVID-19, so, you know... Ladies and gentlemen, I promise you we shall never talk about Dan Newkirk's feet ever again <laughs> on this program. That's my pledge to you, if I can help it. All right. Let's talk about meaningful stuff instead of Newkirk's feet. Although I'm, 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 I'm intrigued. You ever step over the house one of these years and you can use it? <laughs> After I'm done with the squatty body. <laughs> yeah. Right. I, I've thought about doing both, but that's another, another topic. Oh, do we tell you about drinking the style after dark? Negative. Oh. There's a hidden podcast out there that you can find if you want to sometimes that we release if guests are willing to allow us to do this, which includes not just the segments that are heard on the air, but the in-between segments. Uncut. Oh. Yes, exactly. Excellent. I can hook you up if you're interested. Excellent. We'll, we'll have to check with legal. All right, let's talk about COVID-19 because everyone loves to talk about COVID-19. All right. What are you guys doing? So you have multifamily housing all over the place. You are on the front line of keeping people safe. You really, really are. What are you guys doing to accomplish that? I have personally curled up in a ball under my desk (laughs) in a bubble. And I will come out in about six months. I feel safer. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, Brenda. Go for that's, it. That's all right. <laughs> because it is actually a really uh, – it's, it's a good question. It's important. It's uh, – not everybody can roll up in a ball under their desk like Rob. Um, we, we have uh, 110 properties in the Twin Cities that we manage. And obviously it's been a pretty rough three, four months here since I think it was March 18th when we started to really – scale things down and kind of get our arms around how we were going to handle this. It's obviously nothing anyone in our industry has been through before. Um, The multifamily industry in the Twin Cities is very collaborative. So unlike other industries, um, competitors all joined together and um, came up with a lot of groups and resources and recommendations and um, just a real practical approach rather than being competitive with each other of how are we going to keep our residents safe? How are we going to do this? Good for you. That's part of why we love Minnesota and yeah. Minneapolis, right? Yeah. I so, mean, it, it really, I think people from other markets kind of look at it and go, that's kind of crazy. You're all sharing what you're doing. But the reality is, is we wanted everyone to stay as safe as we could um, with something we no one had any experience with ever. Honestly, is it transferred on surface? Is it just the air? We don't know at this point. So suddenly you are responsible for people keeping right. safe, right. being kept safe. Right. So what we did. Um, really very early on, and it is obviously the first thing that we did was um, we moved our offices to 
to all working virtually or they were actually in the building. So we were always there for emergencies, but not doing face-to-face tours, not going in and showing apartments of people that had uh, were living there, um, emergency-only maintenance, um, things that we could do virtually, we would. Um, and then a closing of amenity spaces, and that was certainly the most problematic for our residents. And they were upset, obviously, mm-hmm. but fitness centers were being closed down by the state also. What and, could you do? You yeah, had to. Yep. And we had and, – and so – um, that started in March, and um, you know we we continued to communicate as much as we as we possibly could, and you know stay up to date with um, every recommendation that the CDC was putting out. And um, now, thankfully, you know we're in phase three, and we're we've slowly reopened. And you know, last week we were able to open our swimming pools at a very limited capacity, and our fitness centers at a limited capacity. And hmm. as soon as we close them. We're also, you know, trying to reopen them, um, but, you know, definitely following guidelines. And um, I think the thing that is the most critical is communicating. Um, people aren't happy, you know, with, with the fact that, you know, a lot of people, you know, the trend had been smaller apartments with big amenities. So now they're kind of stuck in their smaller apartment. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That was that's that's been a drag. So, I mean, that's an interesting. Now, I know you're not on the in the front line necessarily in each particular building, but how did I mean? So, are people now moving back into the common spaces? Were they really upset about not having those amenities? Because again, as we said, you guys have great common spaces right. that became off limit. Yeah. So, I I think people like they they knew that it wasn't good to be in them, but they still wanted to be able to be in them and. As I touched on earlier in the conversation, one of the things that we really try and do is embrace the community, the people that are living in our building, social activities. We couldn't do any of that. You know, we're, you know, we might have um, uh, game nights and we, we generally have a fair amount of activities or happy hours or we literally couldn't do any of that. So we had to move that to a virtual platform. Mm-hmm. And um, that was Interesting. We've done virtual bingo and we've done – actually, Carl did a virtual – Carl from Habitation did a virtual um, design um, yes, class for yes. us. And we uh, – virtual uh, fitness classes. And, I mean, we really had to get pretty creative. But people want to use the space. They, they kind of know that they shouldn't be. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but so it was really challenging. Thankfully, now – we're, we're reintroducing, hoping that, you know, the other thing is, is obviously during the time we scaled back the amenities and the emergency maintenance, we way scaled up mm-hmm. our cleaning protocols. Mm-hmm. You know, the, I mean, Critical. everybody was carrying, you know, in a mask, carrying cleaning supplies, you know, and it was just kind of it became everybody's job that was physically there. And we amped up. Um, so, so all hands on deck. And let's yep. do everything we can to minimize the risk, no matter what that risk might be. Right. And everybody has a different feeling, um, their perception of, you know, what it's like to live um, through COVID-19. Some mm-hmm. people are very um, less concerned about it mm-hmm. and others are very concerned. And so you have people living in a space and they're sharing common spaces and they might oh. have totally different opinions. So it, it hasn't – I'd be so tempted to get into that, but yeah, we probably yeah, we, shouldn't yeah, because no. – it's, but but it's true. But I mean, but you're still responsible. You still yep. have to do and be as cautious as you possibly can be. Yeah, and that's the right choice, right? Yeah. Yep. So yep. what do you do in the future? So Rob, as you're looking at future projects, how do you think this is going to affect multifamily? Um, 
Interesting. Uh, you know, from a design standpoint, not as much as you'd think, uh, at least right now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, this is a shelf life, COVID-19. In theory, it has a shelf life, right? It, it's a virus. You hope there's a vaccine or a therapy or something that actually you know, minimizes its risk over time. And there's a specific amount of time. We don't know it yet, but there is. And the design of a a multifamily project takes years, right? So if I'm designing one right now, which I am, the delivery isn't going to be for two and a half years. And so when you're looking at this uh, from a new development standpoint, the amenities, the, the design of the space, there's some stuff that may have some uh, staying power, uh, and I can certainly speak to that, but for the most part, you're looking long out into the future enough where, you know, the, most of the folks have a short memory, you know, and they want to get back. You're already seeing that immediately, even though this thing is still very prevalent. Um, but most people have a short memory, and, um, and so they're going to want what they want when they feel safe enough to do that. And you think in two and a half years, we'd be able to, at least that's how most developers, I believe, are thinking at this point, and, and architects, as I talk to them, um, will be looking at it. So they're not changing a whole lot. Now, work from home, mm-hmm. that is certainly a trend that we are focused on. I want to talk a lot about okay. that because that seems really interesting. Let's take a quick break, yep. and when we come back, we're picking up with that subject. Mm-hmm. Stick with us. This is Dr. Sarah Brewer and Dr. LaShonda Jung from Roots Chiropractic. We all want a higher quality of life, but making that happen can be difficult. At Roots Chiropractic, we specialize in light touch specific neurological adjustments to support your body's natural ability to heal. From birth trauma to everyday bumps and falls and life's daily stresses, at Roots we offer natural drug-free solutions to keep every baby, child, parent, and grandparent thriving. Are you ready to restore your energy and achieve overall health? We are located off of Minnetonka Boulevard in St. Louis Park. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram or on the web at rootschiropracticmn.com. Book your first appointment online today. Mention that you're an AM950 listener and receive the VIP discount of 50% off your initial exam. Roots Chiropractic, located in the Texatonka Plaza in St. Louis Park. Roots Chiropractic. Empower your life and health. You're nobody till somebody loves you. You're nobody till somebody cares. Welcome back Maybe to Drinking the Style. Brenda Humsball? Humsball? Humsball. Humsball. Have you considered dropping the H? <laughs> It'd make it a lot easier. It really would. Yes, and so your initials would be BV, which sounds kind of cool. All right. Well, I'll 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 take that into consideration. <laughs> Why not? I love to help. I love to serve. Yeah, I that's really right. Do. That's awesome. <laughs> Carl is going to be so pissed at me. Uh, it's with us from Steve Scott, Rob Bader from Bader Construction. Oh my Development. guess. Development. Jesus, stop <laughs> it, sweet lord. <sighs> Bader Development. I'm so sorry. Honestly, 
I'm worse than I'd like to give a shout-out to all my contractors out there. I promise we do not do construction. <laughs> you, you just got to come back with, like, a habitation furniture and discount retail. Like, oh, yeah. All right. They all know I'm, I look terrible in a hard hat. <laughs> Bader Development. Really, one of my favorite companies. I mean it. <laughs> All right. They're my guests. Overall, we've been talking about uh, multifamily housing. We've been talking about a bunch of different things here in the age of COVID. Um, Stephen-Scott.com is the umbrella. Yep. Give me three of your favorite Minneapolis properties right now that you would like to shout out to. Oh, um, so because we we do such a wide range of properties, I think um, – one I'd like to mention is just going to be opening soon, and that is an affordable development that's being built and under construction for um, really entry-level workforce in Minneapolis, and it's in the North Loop, hot neighborhood, uh, and it's called the Redwell North Loop, and it's um, the old Zaccaro's Produce Building. Oh, wow, yeah. Yeah, and so that uh, Schaefer Richardson, a, a local developer, is developing it into affordable housing. So um, we're excited about that. That's going to be opening in, in October. Um, so that's a, an unusual type of property, right, in the North Loop. High, oh, seriously. High, you know, big energy neighborhood where it's generally very high-end housing. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're really excited to be part of that. Um, 700 Central, I know Rob mentioned that um, earlier, normally has not had any vacancies um, because of uh, a a variety of things. We do have some vacancies, and it's one of my favorite properties. Historic, northeast Minneapolis. You guys did a model there. Mm -hmm. Um, Beautiful, brick-exposed, awesome, cool, gritty, fun. Yeah, and and, and a third one would probably have to go to St. Paul and – an established building that we we also have not had many um, vacancies, but we do have a few uh, little boutique building in Highland Park called the Fen, and uh, great mm-hmm. property, uh, much like uh, condo level finishes. Um, you know, in, and uh, we have some availability there, but. We have so many product, so many properties. Mm-hmm. I, I just honestly, it's hard it's to pick hard three. To pick, that know. was on the spot. I, I, didn't I should have for, read the notes. I didn't I ask you for the better. ugly child. I didn't say <laughs> of all your properties, where shouldn't somebody uh, live? Oh no, 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 no. <laughs> well, and, and uh, you know, each neighborhood is so different, and there's so many different product types. Um, every day, I have a different favorite. So uh, tomorrow, it'll be something different. And they are absolutely wonderful. Yep. I mean, honestly, I, I don't know anything that you've done that hasn't been. Really, in the absolute top tier of whatever its grouping is in the Twin Cities. Can, can I please touch down? Because uh, I am a little bit confused um, sometimes when people talk about uh, affordable, affordable housing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I mean, is this? Are we talking like Section Eight? No. Is this uh, income based, where it's adjusted based on your 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 take home? That's why so I don't know the answer. I, so I think that's a really it's a really good, good question, question, and it's yeah. it's very confusing. There's. I'd need about five hours to kind of no, go through I get each it. one. You got but, 43 seconds. <laughs> right. So, so there is, uh, you know, there are uh, Section 8 housing and, and some of these properties that are affordable, if you have a voucher, you can take it with you and you could be in there. There's a lot of detail into that. But this particular one that I mentioned is actually set up where um, it's available to people that make less than a Sixty percent of the area median income. Okay. So that's a lot. So mm-hmm. what that might look like is if you made less than about forty-two thousand dollars a year, you would qualify, and it, it's not based on your annual income, but there's a a ceiling. It it can't exceed a certain amount. So, um, it like a rent on a studio might be a thousand dollars, which still seems high, but in North Loop, 
a comparable mm-hmm. property would probably be $400 more per month. So it's really geared towards yeah. um, somebody who is working downtown and would love to live down there but can't afford to live down there. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, that, that would be like a workforce affordable housing. And then you have the um, – you have other subsidized is what they would call right, it if it right. was income-based. Of course. So, yeah. That's actually a great question. I, it's, clarification. Regardless of the question, like I think that's a really great service to offer. Like you, you guys don't need to do that. You know, like obviously somebody gives a, a shite. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So so this um, – there are some requirements in the city of Minneapolis to provide um, affordable housing. But we also – obviously it's a important part of our portfolio. Yeah. We have a fair, we have actually a fair amount of it. Yeah, the good person clause, like it's free to be a good person. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Oh, and great. Bader, what that's are you great. guys building? What are we building? <laughs> wow. Um, <laughs> we are. I'm sorry. What's it? Don't say the new name. <laughs> oh. Don't say it. No, it do. Oh yeah. Uh, so <laughs> I was going to say we are. Uh, well, we just broke ground uh, last week, um, so we are very active. Uh, we have just broke ground actually in. Downtown Rosemount, believe it or not. Um, we have been uh, urban-focused, but we've always been suburban-focused, to be honest, as a company. And so um, although lately we've been urban-focused, we, we do love these um, you know suburbs that create these downtowns and um, just uh, w- that we believe we can add to with some residential. And Rosemount was one of those. And so we broke ground on 124 units in uh, downtown Rosemount, um, and uh, that will be ready in, uh, call it, 16 months, um, uh, brand new, you know, uh, class A housing, um, you know, pool, a lot of the standard amenities that we'll have out there. Um, so very excited about that project. And then um, we're in pre-development phase, hoping to break ground uh, this fall with um, our, our biggest project to date, which is um, Westlake Quarter. Uh, that'll be the um, – uh, it's currently called Westlake to- – uh, sorry, Calhoun Towers, right behind uh, the Whole Foods in uh, off of uh, Bede Makaska. Um, and so it's a 22-story tower that we bought um, with five acres of land around it. And um, it's basically what we did was we took the five acres um, and we realized that uh, – we didn't realize. We knew this going in that it's literally on the light rail stop for Westlake Station. Mm-hmm. And so uh, we worked with Met Council and, and uh, the light rail team and the city of Minneapolis to densify the property – to the tune of 618 units, which we will be building um, over the course of the next three years, uh, which is our – which has taken up a lot of time and, and I hope to bake ground on that by the end of the year. So that will be another tower as well as two seven-story buildings. So let me ask you another question. This question I can speak for anybody that lives in the Twin Cities. Yep. Is when you drive through the cities and you see all these developments going up and you see all these mother trucking buildings, how many how – many, how many vacancies do you guys really have? Like, what's your occupancy level at most of your properties? Like, are you guys are you guys stuff in these places, or are people are like, where are these people coming from? Where are they living? So I have to ask, like, for people that you know that know. That's a yep. very smart question. Um, right now, I can tell you our portfolio is about ninety six percent occupied. So that's wow. that's really good. That doesn't mean that that's the way it is going to be in two years and five years. Because of course. Eventually, this building is going to catch up with us, right? I mean, it is going to. Um, there's a boom. There's a serious boom going on right now that I. And it's, it's been, unbelievable. It's been going on for five years. Yeah, maybe even. I was going to say yeah. maybe even more than that. But alongside with like the thirty-five W and alongside with the Hennepin, you know, Hennepin, uh construction, like it's it's yeah. been added like stress. Yeah, uh, people living in these buildings. Yes, like, that's what I'm asking. They they are, and you know, people are moving here. We we continue this year is a little different with COVID, but of we continue to get a lot of in migration. I mean, we get 
a lot of in-migration from Target to every corporation relocating people in 3M. Every year I keep thinking, wow, this is incredible. But um, we also have um, the last five years has really we've had a lot of people that have sold homes and have moved into rental situations. Down, downsizing. And, yep, yep, yep. yep. So they maybe keep trend. their cabin and and, uh, and an apartment downtown. Um, that's a pretty typical scenario right now. Yeah. So, Which is actually interesting because we didn't talk about people looking at their space as mm-hmm. more of their workspace as well mm-hmm. and, and the downsizing. So mm-hmm. you were saying, Rob, that you guys have some concepts for new tech, new design that will make workspaces a little easier. In well, it's, it's really more about, you know, you had spoken earlier to, uh, will the trend continue for smaller units, right? And I think that some of that, uh, a lot of that will, to be honest. Brenda may disagree, but uh, I think it will because people still value location. And while um, you know, some may say, well, now I don't have to come into the office per se in that downtown vicinity. I can work from home a lot easier. At the same time, if you're working from home, in in, in my opinion, um, you're going to want all those amenities of the neighborhood around you because you're going to be stuck at home all the time. So you're going to want those breaks and you're going to want the lakes and you're going to want things around you. So I could go on forever, but I hear the music. Damn it. Uh, <laughs> all right. That's the cliffhanger, ladies Perfect. and gentlemen. That means Rob Bader has to be back on the show to oh, actually finish a discussion. Yes. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for enjoying life. Uh, uh, Say the quote. Too late. Damn it. <laughs>